Hello, everyone, and welcome to your therapist playlist. Who are we? We are Anna, that's me, and Matt. That's me. I think that was fire. Was it good? <laughs> Go. Yo, we're ready. We're live. How you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful. I'm not going to put you on blast if that is the if that is the mood you want to give to the listeners. I am all for it. I'm a little bit nervous. I'll get I'll say that. I'm nervous, but I'm here. I got my uh therapeutic octopus plushie on my head. <laughs> is he's in frowny face mode and ready to go and uh i can barely see it boop. oh now i see the eyes <laughs> all right well welcome everybody to your therapist playlist podcast anna who are we exactly why are we doing well i guess i'm getting ahead of myself that's again well, i'm nervous so we are well, I'm Matt. You're Matt. I'm Anna. And we are therapists. Yes. What does that mean? What type of therapist are we? Are we physical therapists? <laughs> no. <laughs> we, I actually uh, don't even really know what physical ther- therapists do that much. So that would be interesting. But Oh, shade. We are often confused with said physical therapists. Mm. Um, that happens a lot. Anytime I tell someone I'm a therapist, they're like, what kind? And then I have to remember there's, oh, there's different, there's different kinds. I did not know that there was different kinds until I actually got into the field. Yeah, I didn't either. Because every time, every time you watch like a movie or a TV show, the therapist is always the mental health therapist that sits on the couch and talks to people. I never knew that there were other therapists and I was very disappointed to find that out. Okay, I know we are, you know, we are here for a reason. We have our playlist, we have our our music to talk about today. But since we are, you know, introducing ourselves right now, we're talking about who we are, what we do, all that, talking about being a therapist, you just mentioned TV. And I have to say, I have to say my first, like, uh, impressions of therapists are my first, um, I guess, uh, TV viewing of therapists were all from uh mafia movies what yeah like so no no i'm talking about like the the comedy ones like analyze this analyze that. Oh, okay billy crystal i was like i want to do that and then in the sopranos i was like i want to do that but minus the part because she's because you know she like sleeps with her client and that that's bad <laughs> that's bad but I was like, I could be a therapist for a crime boss. And I haven't been a therapist for a crime boss, but I have been a therapist for a lot of people who have committed a lot of crimes, a lot of variety of crimes, many crimes. So I actually want to consult with you about something maybe later this week, but we're not going to get into that. I never, 
there are probably shows that I got the like idea about being a therapist from. I can't put my finger on which ones. And shout out to my friends, Solemn, Alexis, Heather, because two out of three of them generally shame me for the shows and movies I have not watched. And I have not seen Analyze This. And I haven't seen The Sopranos yet. And I feel like I would just throw that out there because I love TV shows and movies, but I'm limited. I want to watch it again now that I actually am a therapist and, you know, annoy myself with uh, all of the breaking of ethics. (laughs) Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this up, because honestly, although I saw this when I actually was a therapist, Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams. Oh, my God. (laughs) When I watched the movie, I was like, oh, hey, he does a lot of the stuff that I do. I felt so much validated. I feel like he could have worked on his boundaries, though, from what I remember. I barely remember that movie, but I feel I feel it that there was probably some breaching of boundaries. Yeah, when he nearly like, no way, I think he did physically assault his client and said, listen, shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're not supposed to do that either, Matt. So no sex with clients and no physically assaulting them. Yeah, no, I don't want to ever try to have sex with the client. (laughs) Luckily, I've been in an environment where I have been spat on, physically threatened, and it made me go, yeah, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to go down that route. I feel like people don't often realize that therapists get down in the gritty shit that comes up like we (laughs) work in posh offices and make people feel good no we go we go into places you you can't imagine you can't fathom deep deep in the trenches of everything that the rest of the world doesn't want to deal with basically yeah that is our day-to-day lives community counseling world well i'm out of it now because i am doing that posh office work thing but you know you know I put my time in yeah I feel like you really become a greater therapist when you find yourself working in that type of environment if you don't get that experience I'm not saying that you're not a great therapist but it helps so much more it helps you I I just feel like it helps you like just to be I guess a better I don't want to say a better person because that sounds that's lame that's a blanket statement but it's like you can read about all these different things that people are going through. You can watch TV. You can you listen to your podcasts, whatever. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can hear about all of the struggles that people have. I guess human suffering, right? You can, you can yes. hear about suffering. That's what I'm getting at, suffering. Um, you can hear about it. You can see it. You experience it a little bit here and there in your life. But when you are in the position of, of, of being responsible, like it's your job to jump in there and to help others yes. with their suffering, it's, it's just a completely different experience. This is a different, different level of, 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 uh, of connecting. Yes. Like, I know that you were trying to avoid making the blanket statement, but I truly agree that if you are a good therapist, you are doing your best to help others, but also help others while learning more about yourself and how, even without realizing it, you can come across somebody who shares a similar life trajectory as you and go, holy shit, now I got to therapize myself and I'm not therapizing myself. 
And you really got to be on your toes and making sure that you're not projecting your stuff onto them. You got to make sure the stuff that you've dealt with has been dealt with, or you are still trying to deal with, still trying to deal with it or still trying to work on it in itself. Honestly, I feel like being a therapist has helped me to continue realizing that you can say you're a good person, but that means nothing without the true depth of insight you have to explore in order to uncover the actions you need to do to in order to be a good person. And if you're not constantly, well, you don't want to ruminate, but if you're not checking in and noticing like, hey, if I'm not living up to my values, my morals, my ethics, if I'm not doing what I can to be the person that I want to be, then it's easy to become a shitty person. And who wants to be a shitty person? Shitty people. (laughs) I know you've been talking about that lately, how it's, how you've learned how easy it is to become a horrible person. Yeah. And that's interesting to me. Again, we'll have to talk about that more on another time too, because I don't think I've ever really had that same thought, (laughs) but I understand it. And I agree. I agree. It is very easy to be a horrible person, but I've, I've never really like sat with that. Traumatic experiences will do that to you. We'll have to talk about the traumatic experience that I experienced later too. That's, that's, I feel like the catalyst that helped me to see like, fuck, it's real easy. Like so easy. And that's scary. Uh, Yeah. See, we got to talk about it. My perspective. Okay. Like it's easy. Like, uh, I guess I I feel like, uh, like it just requires less effort to Mm -hmm. be a bad person. But I, uh, for me, I feel like the toll yeah too high and too stressful that for me it'd be like nah it's easier just to do the right thing because like physically yeah like (laughs) with the amount like I don't know even like just the ease of the day or time consuming like yeah it's faster to like cut someone off or to you know steal things instead of pay for them yeah (laughs) right but then with the way that my conscience is I have some sort of and I've never had a panic attack before but I can I can I can assume that it would induce my first panic attack if I were to do something like that so yeah (laughs) and I feel like we've already gotten into what we do (laughs) with therapists we have a lot of lived experiences both outside of the office and in the office in the field we're kind of touching on like why do we do it and to connect what you were just saying with also why I chose to do it. Funnily enough, I remember being a kid and realizing like, cause I'm pretty sure every kid at some point they heard about like um, George Washington and the like cherry tree or apple tree or whatever and how he cut it down. I cannot tell a lie. I realized reading that story afterwards, man, it's so easy to lie to people. And then going like, yeah, I don't want to do that as much cause if I get really good at it, I'm going to be a shitty person. I don't want to be a shitty person. <laughs> but as far as like my choice to become a therapist, it's kind of connected to that. So when I was growing up, uh, grew up in the city of Chicago and Chicago public schools, they are notorious for having a very finite number of like school counselors, social workers, and a huge caseload when it comes to students. 
And I never had the opportunity to really sit with a school like counselor or social worker. I was doing pretty well in school. I got good grades. I made pretty decent friends. But when puberty hit and I was going through like body image stuff and anxiety, I was probably when I first experienced depression, but I didn't really know what it was. I just felt sad all the time. And I didn't know that there were people to like talk to at a certain point until I watched, I don't remember what show or movie and I saw, oh, hey, there's a therapist. And I think I just went like a few years without really ever learning that I could reach out or talk to somebody. It was just more so me and my friends hanging out and we would like chat about stuff like that. And I realized that the stuff that we would talk about, I really gravitated towards because of that human connection piece, the suffering. And then when we would talk about stuff, they would like ask me for advice or I would just give my advice and people seemed to really fuck with it. And I was like, oh, I like this. So I could either be a teacher or I could become a therapist. Settled on teacher and then realized, oh, I don't really wanna be stuck with kids for all day, every day, 30 kids at that, no. So then I decided to just switch over to therapy and haven't looked back ever since. Your journey seems uh, seems more, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say like stronger than mine, but I feel like maybe you knew faster than I knew. No I judgment, no judgment. Yeah, I uh, I don't think I had that quick of a, of a enlightening moment. Oh no, I, I abridged the shit out of that story. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we curse, just just so you know. Therapists curse. Therapists do curse, yes. Yes. It's a thing. Um but I don't know. So how so Matt, so now we gotta we gotta connect. We gotta connect what we're doing here. We gotta connect it to to what you know what is this podcast gonna be about? Yes. It's gonna be about music why music Anna because because you and I are obsessed with music on a strange abnormal level yeah it's weird so me and Anna here we're gonna we're gonna shortly get into the history that she and I never really knew we had we met ironically before we started to work together we went to the same college together and I remember seeing her face now, but when we met again, like several years later, I think I remembered her, but I wasn't sure of where I did. And then I think we got to talking and you mentioned you went to Lincoln College and I was like, holy shit, I went there too. I was like, I knew I remembered you from somewhere. We kept in like semi-touch just being friends on Facebook. And then I didn't know this, but you had messaged me at one point and said that, uh, a lot of the music stuff that I shared on my timeline were stuff that you listened to. And I was just surprised. Like, I didn't know people listened to my shit when I shared it. Yeah, I uh, I always forget about the Lincoln College thing. I always, well, I don't forget that I went to Lincoln College because one of my favorite uh, teachers, professors yeah. uh, was at Lincoln College. Um, so, so I remember her. I've stayed friends with her on Facebook over the years. Um, so I always remember Lincoln, but I always forget that we both went there. And then we both went someplace else. And then we both wound up working together. Mm-hmm. And uh, now here we are. Yeah. And uh, music, music. Um, yeah, I, uh, I always have this like, 
I was like a compulsion, I guess. See, we're going to use therapeutic terms. It's going to happen, Matt, this whole thing. It's gonna, we're going to use therapeutic terms. I mean, I mean you used ruminating earlier. The, 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 yeah. the, the people, they don't, they don't use ruminating, but we do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think from here on in, if you catch me using a therapeutic term, let me know so I can define what it is just in case our listeners don't because I don't want them to be excluded. You guys matter. Yes, and also sometimes therapeutic terms mean something different than like just the regular definition, which makes them a therapeutic term. So we got to remember that too. Um, But as I was saying, my compulsion is that I have to find something new to listen to. I have to find new music. If it's every, every week, Fridays are usually my days where I go through hundreds of songs of the new music that comes out. Um, this is not something new for me. This is something I've been doing for as far back as I can remember since iTunes like first existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look at the top music in each genre that I, that I was interested in at the time in the United States. And I would look at the top music in each genre in the UK. Um, I don't really, I, I like British music. I like British folk music. Um, so I, I like British pop music. And again, we're talking about, this is back when I was like in high school. So I'm not even a lot, you know, like boy band music type <laughs> stuff. So I, I would, I would look at both of those uh, lists every week. Um, back when we had, uh, was it Napster and um, yeah. Crosswire. Was another one? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what was it? Crosswire and LimeWire. LimeWire, yes, 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 yes. I would, uh, I, w- I would be, yeah, just searching like anything, like anything. Like I, I need to hear something new. I gotta hear something new. Like trying to listen to what my brothers were listening to, um, finding my own stuff. It's, it's just like an, it's like insatiable. Like I, I, I have to constantly have something new because I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing out. Like if I don't, if I don't hear it. That I'm missing out on an experience that I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. It just makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. So. For me, I'm just pretty much a typical African American black male. I like hip hop, like rap, like R and B, like soul. I do try to expand my horizons a bit because I'm more so somebody who really appreciates uh, vocals. I love people who can sing pretty damn well or harmonize pretty damn well. So I'll reach out and check out some alternative stuff, some emo rock stuff, some hard rock. Not country though, I just can't get into country. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, oh, I guess I did just apologize, but sorry not sorry is what I meant to say. Sorry you're not sorry. I like country, Matt, but I only like a specific time period of country what the, time period is that the 90s in the early 2000s hmm. and and like is an understatement um if i hear a tidbit of vocals of any song i can tell you who it is around what year it came out it's 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 embedded in my brain for some reason but yeah country so I, I will listen to country um I also went through a phase where I was like really I like Johnny Cash but I was like really into Johnny Cash and mm. Hank Williams um 
probably because I saw that um, uh, I saw that Hank Williams was like a I think it was a play, and then I saw like that million dollar quartet and all of those things in the city it got me pumped. Um, and a trip to Nashville get you pumped. Musicals, although I didn't think I'd really get into them like that, they get me pumped. I love the action that the actors, the performers convey, and also just how great they sound, not just like the singers, but the people who are playing instruments in the background. It just seems so lively. So music isn't just like, you know, contemporary stuff we listen to the radio. We enjoy music in a lot of different settings. Love instrumentations, love lo-fi hip-hop, love anime soundtracks. Shout out to my friend Myron for introducing me to the the magic of them because before it was just like, eh, I'll just enjoy them as I listen or watch this show. And now it's like, yeah, no, I got to put this on my like workout playlist so I can really get into this shit. I feel like I'm Super Sam Vegeta hitting the gym. I like that uh, Dragon Ball Z playlist you sent me. Yes. That was awesome. So good. It does. It does motivate you. You're like, I can do, I, you're like, I, I can, I can do a soul bomb. I can do a, uh, uh, or some other cool yeah. moves. I don't know. <laughs> but around just the, you know you're like, i can i can go super saiyan times three and by the way matt that's my favorite because i feel like the listeners should know that's my favorite super form? saiyan level form yes is super saiyan times three so me and anna have a lot of <laughs> shared interests we like anime i don't know if you read manga you should if you don't um pokemon in particular dragon ball in particular so music too. I'm forgetting what else, but we just never really knew how much we had in common. And Anna was just like, why are we not like more like closer friends? And I was like, I guess we just never thought about it. So we decided to become closer friends. And this podcast was a result of that. So it's also not only for you guys to hear our perspectives on music from like a psychological standpoint or a clinician standpoint, it's so that we can deepen our friendship you will get to listen to how that kind of evolves, which is kind of cool. You know what? It is cool, people, because because we are adults and we are becoming friends, like new friends. And Matt and I have talked about this. Like when you're an adult, you're like, you know, out of your 20s, you know, that fun times have passed and, you're, and, and you want to make a new friend. And you're like, how do I do that? Like, you know, when you're a little kid, you just, you know, ask someone to play. You can't do that as an adult as much. So you gotta, you gotta be strategic about it. You gotta think there's thought that goes yes. into it. Yes. There's more thought. I'm going to be a friend. <laughs> so. Yes. There is more thought. It is, it is, the, it's the same thing as a kid is just more thought to it. Like you can't just walk up to somebody and say, Hey, be friends. Well, I can't cause I'm, a big black guy and they'll probably think I'm gonna like shoot them or rob them or rape them. You you might that's what friends do, Matt. That's those are all (laughs) the things that friends do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like I was thinking about it like the strategy is a bit easier now because now I'm like, oh I can do that. I just have to choose the environment. So I can do that maybe because I'm gonna sign up for um Brazilian jiu-jitsu soon. So I'm gonna do that when I actually go there more and go, hey, we talk a lot. Let's be friends. And they'll be like, sure. And then we'll go off for drinks. You can't do that as a kid. And I don't really drink like that, but I'm still going to proposition it that way. 
yeah drinks drinks are drinks are cool or um food people people enjoy food they like that they like eating um can't go to concerts so that you know that's fun but but yeah drinks drinks are easy to ask people to do restaurants are opening back up so we got that um i'm hoping to make some new friends too as i'm pretty far away from all my friends my new home yeah um i got one now you you made a friend no i got a new home oh you got a new home (laughs) yeah i was out at uh, menards buying paint that's why I was late to get started. Well, I wasn't really late, but that's why I was like delayed in like coming back home to record. So got my got my first, my first like ownership place, like not renting. I own this now, which is great. And I'm getting ready to paint things hopefully next weekend. If the snowstorm doesn't ruin it, I'm really good about it. I'm happy about it. That's exciting. It's a big yeah. step. Yeah. I was going to say something about you mentioning that you were far away from home, but it slipped my mind. Listeners that know that will be a thing. I'll want to say something, but it'll slip my mind. It'll come back randomly. Random. (laughs) Which reminds me, Matt, we have to transition to our song choices. Yep. I was just thinking the same thing. So from here on in, The intros won't be this long, but again, we're excited. This is our first episode. From here on in, after we do our check-ins for the episode, we're going to get into talking about our two song choices of the week. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be going to Billboard's top 100, 200, and pulling songs from there. No, these are songs that maybe pull from there, not likely though, but songs that we found ourselves gravitating towards over the last week, month, whenever. And we're going to just be positioning them as two discussion points to engage in based off of different parameters that really caught our mind, sometimes involving psychological perspectives and sometimes just going on why we really fucking love a song. Exactly. Sometimes it will be new, though, uh, because, you know, of my endless search. Yeah. But I'll let people know. I'll let you all know. If it's a new song, because if I'm really passionate about it, like you need to hear this song, you need to check out this song, I will tell people. Yeah. This is new music, listen to it. But uh, the song, songs, because for both of us, the songs we picked out mm-hmm. uh, this week are not new. They are older, right? Yep. When did your song come out, Matt? Mine came out uh, last year, like literally a year ago, I believe. Okay. Mine, I think, I'm going to guess, I think it was about, well, it was around the time I met you, or I was working with you, so that would have been about five years ago. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it would have been about five or six years ago that this song came out. All right. It's a bit old. The songs we are describing are, mine will be Darkness by Eminem. And mine will be Lost Boy by Ruth B. Now, the great thing about this podcast is it's an interactive podcast, meaning, well, a couple of things. One, we can't play the song on air because we don't want to get sued because we don't have any money to give to these fancy people who make the music that we love so much. I will give them whatever is in my wallet right now. It could be a receipt. It could be a hair tie. It could be money. 
or it could be an old stamp. They can have that. Yeah. Yeah. Take Anna's money. Take Anna's money, not mine, please. I need it. But what we're going to do instead is we're going to create playlists so that you guys can listen to the music that we are going to be talking about. Sometimes the music we recommend and it'll give you an opportunity to put the podcast on pause. You listen to both songs and then you join us back for the second half. Pretty cool, right? It's however you guys want to do it. But we do. Ha- I, I, I think I can speak for the both of, both of us. We highly recommend that you check these songs out. I mean, um, they are songs that, uh, like Matt said, they, they spoke to us in some way. Um, what should we call the playlist? I didn't make it yet. Could it just be your therapist playlist? Yes, it can. I think it's cool. All like right. It. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause the show, give you guys the opportunity to listen, and then start again. So stay tuned for more content. Uh. All right, now we're back. We're back. We didn't really pause, but you guys don't know that there was a break. And now I'm going to I split the audio. I don't know why I'm explaining this to you guys. Just just know that we're back. So, Anna. Yes. Would you like to do the first honors and talk about Lost Boy. I am ready. Yes, I'm ready. So, Lost Boy by Ruth B. Now, I looked into this song. I think I looked into it the first time I heard it and then again more recently because when you hear the song and and I, I don't think I'm speaking for myself here, it feels... Like, there is more to the song than the lyrics. Mm. Um, but we have to remember, and I, I, I had to remind myself, not every song is like that. Not every song is like that. Not every artist is, is trying to reach for something deeper than what they wrote. Uh, sometimes they, they literally mean what they wrote. You know, like the ABCs. ABCs, they're not trying to get you to think of something deep and philosophical they want you to remember the abcs and there's a song that's how it's written um <laughs> but this and and sadly i don't want to compare ruth b's lost boy to the a you know the alphabet song but similarly there was there was a no deeper intentions to this song from what i've read um I can't remember my exact source, but I did read an article um, and what I read was that she was watching once and it was the episode with Peter Pan and she was like, wow, I like Peter Pan. He's cool or something like that. I don't know. Maybe she thought he was cute Um, and was like, I want to write a song about Peter Pan. (laughs) And so she wrote a song about Peter Pan and here we have Lost Boy. So, so, um, so no, so no, no deep meaning there other than love for once, which is a pretty good show. But um, when I heard this song, 
it was very visual for me. Um, and it was, it was cathartic, not in the sense of any sort of strong emotions or yeah. well, there's motion involved, but it was more, more memories, more of, of, uh, of, I heard the song and I could, I could, I could, uh, see someone's face very clearly remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, um, and how this song kind of fits into that memory and experience that I had. So memory or a bad one. Um, gray, gray, gray area. Yes. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Um, and so if you, so if you listen to the song, you go through the lyrics, um, it starts off with, uh, there was a time when I was alone, nowhere to go, no place to call home. And then it goes through, um, talking about, uh, meeting Peter Pan. So Peter Pan comes along and then they're not lonely anymore. Um, they, they have, they have someone that's become family to them. The lost boys are now their family and talking about how, um, there's a, a freedom in being a lost boy and how a part of that is one of the lines is always on the run from Captain Hook. So, um, just, you know, when you think about Peter Pan, you think about youth, you think about, uh, staying young, you know, um, trying to hold on to that time period before all of a sudden we're bogged down with responsibility and accountability and life, (laughs) you know, really having to live, um, and to live in the real world, to live in reality. Uh, so when I, I heard the song, the very first time I heard the song, I, I, uh, I immediately thought of when I worked in a residential setting and the boys that I worked with, because it was um, all boys, all boys who were affiliated with different gangs, different types of, uh, everyone had a probation officer. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, they were all there for different reasons, but um, the residential home and, and school that was that was where they were staying they were there every day until um until they were released so uh it just it made me think of that that environment that I had worked in and um the boys that I'd met the boys that I had worked with and got to know and their like their sort of you would you wouldn't think joy, right? Mm. But sort of this like freedom that they would talk about, like when they would talk about their their lives, like on the street, basically, like you know they were a part of a family. Like the gang is is a family. This is a family. Um, so, and and a lot of these boys, they weren't close to their actual, you know blood relatives um i mean they talk about them they talk about their mom they'd call their mom every day this and that but um you know mom's not who they would normally call when they need something 
it's uh it's someone else and that and that that's what kind of made me think of of Peter Pan as well like that other other boy in the gang somebody else who gets them into it gets them um initiated and helps them become part of a family and the part about like captain hook it makes me think of like the police like the police the probation officer like everyone is a part of this life and this story that these kids are 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 living and it's it's just it's real and it's not real at the same time right because they're they're living a a life that's like separate from the rest of society basically it's like they are like in their world they're in charge they're on top they're free they they can do whatever they want like them and these other kids they can do whatever they want everyone else are just kind of side characters along the way in in their lives and like that was me I was just I was just another like character (laughs) just passing by just another character in their lives um and then the song is she asked me if it's like good or bad memory. I mean, the song is sad to me because um, I know that some of these boys never make it out of that sort of fantasy world that they're living in. They don't, yeah. they don't live past that. And that's the end. And that's what those, that's part of Peter Pan, that forever young, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, um, and they are forever young. They don't make it past 13. They don't make it past 14, 15. And um, some of the boys that I'm remembering are the most, were the most charismatic, like, you know, fun loving kids, you know, um, kids that liked to color. They liked to color pictures of cartoons I would print out. Um, They liked to play games. They liked to be kids, you know? Uh, And so it just overall just kind of felt like this, this like, fantasy world even them in this residential setting that they're in for a little bit until they can get out and go back and be with their friends again and be doing what they want to do and and being free like it's just all part of this this. and that was that was the part I wanted to make sure we mentioned for the listeners who may not be aware of like what a residential facility is so a lot of times there are different types of residential facilities and sometimes they can be they can be hospitals, they can be therapeutic day schools, they can be therapeutic schools, but you have to stay on the campus itself. And a lot of times they are referred there for different reasons. Anna, you have experienced more so ones where they were sent there because behaviorally they went through like what, a lot of like gang affiliation stuff, violence. Yeah, um, I, pr- pretty much everyone there was gang affiliated but the like the reason they were there it was supposed yeah. to be for like substance abuse treatment yeah. so yeah. like they tested positive for THC and their probation officer is like oh we can get you in here to treatment instead of jail so let's go this route like this is your last chance this is your chance to change things um but that's a lot of pressure for a kid mm-hmm <laughs> to yeah. realize the reality of their their situation and so yeah um, another connection I like to to the Peter Pan concept and the song and everything is just like I felt like just uh I was um I was just another like cartoon character along the way you know <laughs> and their their life their their existence there um 
it was surreal. And unfortunately, I was not prepared for that job as I thought I was. I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't handle it there. And it was one of the things I regret is uh, the way that I, I should have handled things better when I was working there. I didn't, but honestly, I think I just wasn't, I wasn't mature enough in that age. I was like early twenties. Yeah. If you think like, oh yeah, that's an adult. I'm an adult. I have my first license. I have an, I am an LPC, not fully, you know, fully, fully licensed, but I have a license. I know things. No. <laughs> no. I feel like that's something that, and I think it's something that applies to all like, well, most, I won't say all, most like new beginning therapists, that whole imposter syndrome it's so real and as much as they try to prepare you in grad school to get into the field and be the best therapist possible it really is a learning experience like none other you're going to step into the field you're going to make mistakes you're not going to know what the heck you're doing and even if you do know what you're doing doesn't mean that it's going to work 100% of the time it's one of the most humbling career fields and professions that I think gets underrepresented underrepresented in regards to that facet, like the same thing happened to me when I got into the field, I thought that I was going to just enter into the cushy office. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to be in this therapeutic day school. And I got kids threatening me, talking shit, telling me I ain't shit, calling me out when it comes to like physical appearance. And I'm like, oh, I knew I was insecure, but you guys make it a hell of a lot worse, you know? But I think that speaks to just the environment in itself. Like the thing that I liked about how you mentioned what it like facilitates for like these kids, these teens is that it's suspended, like suspended development. If you are arrested development, shout out to the show itself. Yeah. Like, arrested you know, development. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily grow. You have people that are always constantly looking out for you, giving you rules, giving you structure, giving you demands, and you don't even have to meet those demands. Essentially you can stay there theoretically if you're a kid for as long as you want but what doesn't end up being thought about is how the people phase out and eventually you may phase out too like people change like I think the one thing that often came to mind for me was like noticing how much those connections matter to them with like the like the back the back like uh the background characters essentially so like if a teacher would transfer quit or find another job a principal a therapist like you could see how much it would change things for them but they would still want to stay rooted in that peter pan syndrome well they're part of the story right these background characters they're still a part of the story you think of a of a novel a character usually doesn't just disappear out of nowhere you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's a kind of it warps the warps the story warps the image um it reminds me of that movie uh pleasantville right yeah. where everything's black and white but but something changes and a, a color pops and it's just like well that that can't happen that's not that's not part of our story you yeah. know um so it it uh, causes anxiety it, it warps things but you've seen the truman show by with jim carrey i have not i i know what it, i've heard of it it reminds me of that. And if you haven't watched it yet, to you, Anna, and to the listeners, WandaVision. Oh, I saw the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. <laughs> what about it? What else about it brings you uh, catharsis? 
I think uh, because, um, like I said, when I worked there, it didn't end so well. That was the only job I have ever, well, I had already quit, but, um, you know, I was supposed to stay for two the, my two weeks, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I, I ended up walking out, and um, and I remember one of the kids I was working with that uh, he was on my caseload, and I saw him, you know every day i mean he lived there (laughs) um i remember him being pretty upset you know when i told him i was gonna leave i said goodbye to everyone before i i I left um but uh saying goodbye to him you know it was a little hard and um he's one of the kids that ended up passing away not too long uh, maybe about a year later i found out about that um but i so I mean, like I said, it's it's a it's cathartic and like yes, it's emotional, but it's um it's uh it's about like the the memories and the experience of of being in there because it's something I'm never going to forget. Yeah, I'm never going to to forget that. Um, and I don't want to because I always want I always want to remember because the way that society and people talk about these kids they talk about them like they are animal like they're they're uh you know like like nihilism that they're just you know (laughs) they're just like not yeah like just not even human you know like oh they're gang members they're they're you know they need to be locked up they need to be this they need to be that or they deserve whatever happens to them or whatever you know and um, people forget that they are children, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're Especially kids. They're of color too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and that they're kids, and they they. Uh, I would hear those kids talk about their mothers, and you know talk talk about their mothers with such, you know, love and admiration, and you know, their mothers would never, wouldn't pick them up. They wouldn't call them. They wouldn't see them. Um, but, you know, that that's part of being a kid, though, too. It's, it's just all part of this, this storyline, you know, this, and same with Peter Pan, you know, there's the talk of mothers and Peter Pan, too. Like, I don't, I don't need a mother. And then, oh, yeah, no, I want a mother. <laughs> you know, like, um, a lot of the Lost Boys did want a mom. Uh, and 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 then I get should even get deeper with that. Then that that becomes part of the story as well. Because as a therapist, it's you're you're providing um, unconditional positive regard. You're providing empathy. You're providing support. You're you're listening. You're you're genuine. You um they can sense that because yeah. they know what it doesn't look like and what it doesn't feel like. And when they feel it and they see it, they know it's real. And they, they, they trust you. And then in those moments, when you have their trust, you can see them for who they are, which are kids. (laughs) They are kids. They are humans. They need love. They need support. They need structure. Um, And yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, that's this song. This song makes me think of all of those things. And these are things I'm not going to forget. Yeah. And I appreciate you even going that far. I didn't know that asking that question would have gotten you to go like there, there. I was just asking just for 
you know content but yeah that was really cool because i feel like it's something that is definitely hard to do making the decision to leave a facility like that like when i left my first job i i knew i was burnt out i was tapped and i kept going in and trying to give every aspect of what i could to my coworkers, to my clients to the staff and it was just at it was at a loss because the more I kept giving to them, the more I started to take away from myself. And it was one particular case that got really, really intense. And I can't say that that was the breaking decision. It was a lot of also political stuff that really got to me too. And I just made the decision to said, yeah, I got to get out of here. And I ended up finding a job, but the job was asking for me to start sooner. So I was like, I couldn't even really put in like my two weeks. I had to like put in like a few days of like setting up termination meetings, explaining to my clients why I was leaving. And then also doing what I could to just provide support to my like team because I didn't want to leave them behind like without any like support or without any like assistance in any way that I could. And it really sucked because in that environment, you do start to develop like really strong connections with the people that are there, not just the clients, but the staff members with the administration. And it's great. But at the same time, it takes so much out of you, too, because when you leave, it's like, at least for me, like I left with like a lot of guilt because I didn't want to feel like I had to remove myself from that situation. But I knew that it would probably be for the best if I didn't or be for the best if I did rather. Yeah, I think that's uh, something a lot of therapists go to go through at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're younger, when you're starting out, you don't necessarily know. You're like, oh, yeah, I know what burnout is. And like, oh, yeah, like I'm stressed, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I learned that burnout is like that was me. And that was doing something that I would never do. That was not in my nature to do something I've never done and I would never do again. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I left my coworker like stranded that day. And I, you know, I uh, regret that. So, yeah. um, cause you do build those connections. And I actually am still um, friends with most of the people that I worked with. One of, one of my coworkers actually did the photos for my engagement. Nice. So, and Matt, actually the place that I left for it was the place where I met you. Yeah. So, so that's where I was going, but yeah. So yeah. Like, same thing for me. I'm still friends with you. I'm still friends with all of my coworkers. I love them dearly. I think about them a lot and we still hang out too. Like that's one of the things that we could talk about in future episodes. How much, how much more great it would be awesome it would be if beginning clinicians talked about the journey that they've gone through. Cause I feel like we hear more so from the more defined experienced professionals, which of course makes sense. They got more experience, but I feel like there needs to be more representation from like the people who are just starting and talking about their journeys. Uh, when it comes to Lost Boy, as few notes that I had were were more so in relation to the lyrics. Just like uh, Anna was saying, when she like shared this song with me, I listened to it and I was telling her earlier before we started recording that the instrumentation easy for me to get into because it's so slow. Like there aren't there many chords to attend to, but the one chord that plays from the piano when it starts, it automatically pulled me in. 
but it pulled me in so much that sometimes I overlook the lyrics. That's a bad habit of mine when it comes to music. When this song in particular started to really catch my attention, it was more so the lines of, just like you were saying, there was a time when I was alone, nowhere to go and no place to call home. My only friend was the man in the moon and even sometimes he would go away too. That shit really hit me particularly, mostly because when it comes to mental illness, when it comes to something that we're struggling with, whether it be depression, anxiety, trauma, it's easy to find yourself self-isolating because the experience that you're going through is one that people don't talk about often. And it's kind of taboo to even talk about difficulties that you're experiencing within Western culture. You talk about feeling bad, people are going to try and make you feel better. Nobody tries to often listen to you and empathize with what you're experiencing. It's all about fixing things so that you can keep it going. And you can easily get into a conversation about whether or not that's good or bad. It just is what it is for the sake of this podcast. So when I think of, when I thought of that, the thought came to my mind about like residential facilities initially when Anna and I spoke about it. But when I was listening to it recently, it made me think about what mental illness sometimes conditions us into doing, which is trying to thrive and cope with really difficult situations. And the easiest way to do that in modern times is with drugs and alcohol. Yay. (laughs) So when I thought about that in the context of the song it was easy for me to do the same thing that Anna was doing kind of like visualizing a storyline for the song and thinking about how substance use impairs mental illness so much more because when you combine those two things together it's like you're chasing a high you're looking at this man in the moon or you're looking at your reflection and noticing that what you see isn't what you like and the things that you like often kind of disappear and move away from you and you try to find the connections with people who get it and that's why I thought of like addicts because when you find another addict who chases the same high as you they get it and it's easy to build that connection with people who just get it the people who are lost who want to be found and happen to find themselves being chased after getting caught by the adults, by the police, by the social workers, by the counselors, by the paraprofessionals in these residential facilities, it's a home. And it's a home that, like Anna was saying, it provides structure. And the structure is so important because without it, where am I going to get it from? That's what I thought was really cool about it. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that's like a completely new perspective for me as well. I like that connection, though, with, uh, with addiction. That's, I mean, that's what makes me think about like this song is like, you can, you hear it. Mm -hmm. And then you're like visualizing something. It's like, it's, it's, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all songs, obviously, like you listen to and you can remember something you think of something visualize something but it, it just seems so yeah like um emotional visual it's just i don't know and i feel like yeah all songs do it but really good songs make you want to feel it and perceive it in multiple different ways like if i put on 
Cisco's thong song, my favorite karaoke song. There's <laughs> one way I'm going to really be thinking about this song in particular. <laughs> but songs like this have a lot more nuance that I appreciate because you can hear the song and find yourself feeling somber. And you can hear the song and find yourself feeling nostalgic. You can also hear the song and find yourself feeling frustrated. It's so many different layers to it. And I thought that this was a good choice. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, so many different emotions, like hopeful, hopeful, grateful for me. Like, I feel grateful for having had that experience and, um, you know, uh, I guess being able to see, like, I feel like I can see more of the world a little bit better, a little bit more for like what it really is um, for the experiences that I had. And this song reminds me of that and like reminds me that I should be grateful for that experience that I had and that the little time that I got to spend, spend with those kids, you know, I value so much, like I, so much. I feel like I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. Cause I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't able to, um, do my best in that environment I feel like well like now I could but I wasn't ready yet yeah but Matt we should we should go to your song yeah your song is Eminem's Darkness yes and this is a song that I have been wanting to get into for quite some time just because it's such an in in honest words I I liked it intense it's a very intense song it's a song that comes from marshall mathers album music to be murdered by it came out last year i want to say maybe in the middle of uh, january and when i first heard that it was coming out well it was a surprise album so one great stuff two i've been an eminem fan since i can't say my name is but the real slim shady when my name is came out i was just like this is funny but who is this guy He's not going to make it that far. And he made it farther than anybody thought. Um, the reason why I'm a huge fan of Eminem is because of how emotive he is. For better or for worse, he makes for one compelling, entertaining artist. And when he talks about things that he goes through, it's easy for me to empathize with his experience because the way he kind of like interjects pain within his lyrics is unlike a lot of artists that I have listened to throughout my life. And this song in particular definitely hit me in a way that really when I hear this song, even now a year later, it puts me into the throes of maybe getting depressed, maybe getting into a depressive episode. That's how powerful this song is. The line itself from the chorus, I don't want to be alone in the darkness. When he first says that full line there, I instantly find myself reminiscing when I was a teenager and feeling depressed and feeling alone and feeling as if I didn't have anybody to turn to. So that's when I knew automatically that this song was going to be great, but I didn't know how great it was until I listened to it to its entirety. As far as the history of the song goes, when it came out last year, I don't think it came out with the music video initially. The music video was released maybe in February of last year. And there was controversy about it because 
people thought that he was being irresponsible in its release. I'm not sure if they meant the song itself or the music video, but being irresponsible in how the song ended because it more so relinquishes responsibility from the perspective of the killer shooter whatever title you want to give him because he mentioned the line of how he didn't really even know if there was any issue of mental illness and while i can agree with that perspective i think it's again all about your pov in terms of what you're going into the song listening for Obviously, the way the lyrics are set up, you could definitely notice and see that there was some severe depression, paranoid ideation going on. But again, it's Eminem. He's not a professional. I can't really fault him for that. I'm the professional. I'll be able to go along with the song and talk about that in itself. Um, as far as where it took me, again, took me to just being depressed again. And for people who haven't struggled with depression, to summarize it very succinctly, it's a bitch. It's a bitch because it clouds your judgment and clouds your desire to want to do anything. You lose sight of yourself, you lose sight of your goals, you lose sight of your values, and all you're looking to do is just cope but not cope in a way of like doing things. You're coping by not doing anything at all. You fully and truly retreat into yourself the more and more depressed you get. And sometimes you can do a pretty damn good job at convincing or conveying to other people that you're not depressed, but that shit ain't really likely the opportunity that's really being presented to yourself in the moment. You're stuck. And a lot of the lyrics that come up within the song convey that feeling noticing that even in the first verse here i am alone again can't get out of this hole i'm in it's like the walls are closing in you can't help me no one can you truly start to feel that sense of hopelessness that this character is going through off the bat with this song and the longer you listen to it you start to notice samples of one of my favorite songs from Simon and Garfunkel, The Sound of Silence, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. And the way he interpolates it throughout the song to remind you that this person is stuck and that there's nothing that they feel as if they can do, at least from my perspective, you start to really, I guess you more so start from switching from empathy to sympathy the longer the song goes because you can see that this person is now moving from being stuck to making a choice, just not a choice that truly helps himself or the people that's around him. And that's when the controversy starts because I'm on the website Genius right now. Shout out to Genius.com, really great lyric analysis, annotation website. And the thing that they point out to me that I never thought about before even talking about this was that this is like the inverse of lose yourself. Lose yourself, you start off with the guy who's nervous, knees weak, palms are heavy. No, palms are sweaty, not palms are heavy. Something's heavy, I don't remember what it was. But eventually, after noticing that nervousness, that really intense anxiety, he goes out into the stage and performs and does his best. In this one, 
he got somebody who's not only anxious but clinically depressed becoming more and more inundated with substances, drinking, popping pills, smoking. And then he makes a conscious decision to say, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to externalize and project all of my mental illness onto the entire world so they can see this is the type of pain that people struggle with, but they don't attend to. And that's the scary part. That goes back into what Anna was like talking about for me when it comes to like noticing how easy it is to become a bad person. I can't say it's easy. It's not easy at all. Umbrella turn, umbrella description. I can see how mental illness stokes the fires when it comes to making decisions like that. Because when you don't feel as if you have that type of support, when you've found yourself isolated by unfortunately the actions that maybe you've engaged in or some of the thoughts that have come up for yourself that are now like cyclical and keep repeating over and over and over again that's ruminating is just in case for the listeners you really start trying to wonder you really start trying to wonder is this how i want to remain for the rest of my life just stuck and unable to move or do i choose to move And if I choose to move, what exactly am I moving towards or what exactly am I moving to do in itself? And that's the mood that often comes up for me when I think about this song, how dark things start to become when you aren't able to seek out and find the help you need. What about you, Anna? I I can't feel the same... I don't want to just say, oh, I feel the same way. <laughs> but um, no, I'm just thinking about a lot right now as you're talking more about the song and as I was as I've looked through the lyrics myself. Um, because at the end they talk a little bit about um more like, you know, in general, mass shootings, school shootings, things like mm-hmm. that. I'm thinking about the um documentaries that I've seen on Columbine and that sort of thing where they say there's no oh uh there's no obvious signs of, of mental illness. And you bring up a good point where there's this internalizing, right? So there's a, it starts with this internalizing and then it turns to externalizing. And then it's an extremity of, I am in, I have so much anger and hatred and loneliness and I am so outcasted or I am not being heard and everyone else is going to feel what I'm feeling. Everyone else is going to feel uh, the pain and the darkness that I'm feeling. And it switches to that. And I like what you said about how you move from empathy to sympathy. Got it from you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, talks of, uh, you know, with narcissists, we, we, we do not empathize with narcissists we can sympathize we can look and say oh that's sad you know um the same as if you were to see someone um I feel like you're you're kinder than I am at because <laughs> my I, initial thing is I, like thinking honestly, like I do not know anymore I don't know anymore. <laughs> Seeing somebody who is on death row and, uh, you know, sitting in the electric chair and they have committed all sorts of atrocities and for a second, just for the 
another loss of life, you might sympathize in that moment. Like, this is just a sad scene, a sad situation. Do I feel bad for this person? I don't know. But this in general is a sad situation. You are not empathizing with that person anymore at that point. And in this song, it's like there is no empathy um yeah no we are of the same mindset i do feel like i feel like being a therapist has helped me like go between both but i was telling a friend earlier that it's becoming unfortunately harder to turn off that therapist like mindset that skill so and again we'll have to talk later about why this is a thing but i feel like my empathy levels have been dialed up and down up and down and now i'm going back into moderating them a bit more like on one hand it's great to be able to empathize with a lot of people i got that from like my former supervisor shout out to dorothy love her and you have to be able to turn that shit off when you have somebody crossing boundaries like that if somebody's going around killing somebody yeah no not there are so many people that can't really try to understand that you shouldn't really have to in this profession. Sometimes depending on who you work with, you got to be ready. Yeah. There's, there's, um, I, 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 uh, I would say, yeah, there's different levels of empathy or sympathy, but I think as time goes by and the more experiences you have, the more settings you work and the more people you're around, it's almost automatic. You know, I've sat in a room filled with pedophiles before. I've sat in a room with, you know, uh, yeah, I, every type of crime you can think of. Um, I have sat with that person and had you know, one-to-one conversations and I have used reflective listening and, um, you know, um, I have, it's not not even really, I don't even really think of it as a, what is it, a compartmentalizing or whatever. It's, it's like um, when I'm working with someone and they've committed some sort of violent act or, um, you know, sexual abuse in some form, um, and I'm working with them, and they're actively trying to change. It's 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 a different process. It's like, mm-hmm. do I empathize? I'm a therapist. I'm supposed to empathize with them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess part of it is you don't think about it. Yeah. You're like, am I going to treat them as a person yes um am i going to feel bad for the consequences they have of their actions no no (laughs) am i am i uh going to sympathize with perhaps the abuse that they endured when they were younger yes i will sympathize with that um but you 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 explained the process pretty well because you talked about how there's the different directions someone can go, you know, and um, I think uh, when we're working with people who are suffering from depression, we don't want them 
to internalize, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we push them not to internalize, um, but we also don't want them to externalize in an extreme when uh, to the point that they are, you know, projecting their yeah. pain and hate and fear and everything on everyone else. And it is, you know, I'm going to make everyone else suffer. Um, we try to help them. We try to help them find a balance. We try to say, Hey, we're here. You know, I'm here. I'm listening. Um, like, I, 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 I want to, I want to help you get, do this i want to help you i think we talked about this before we started recording here it's like mm -hmm. putting blame where blame is is due you know <laughs> um and i feel like that's one of the things that like emphasizes why this song is so powerful because this is clearly a person who has been carrying a lot for maybe years depending on how eminem was conceptualizing this character when he's writing this song to, I wonder what this person was made to carry, you know? Like, of course, there were things that he, if the, char if the character, I think is a he, if the character has been through things that they've experienced, things that they've projected onto people, but just like you were describing, I wonder what other traumas this person was made to carry to, to convict, well, to commit such a heinous act, such a heinous crime, you know? Yeah. And then, and sometimes there's, there's nothing. Yeah. You know, sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. Um, sometimes it's uh, hard to see. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what documentary I was seeing some sort of serial killer thing where they were saying, oh, you know, his family life was great and his parents were fine, but like they interviewed the dad and you can clearly see that the dad's a narcissist, but like we can see that the dad's a narcissist other people might not see that when they see the father's interview they might see a uh you know a uh, apologetic father right they might see a, someone who's thinking where did i go wrong what did i do but um as therapists or you know we're we might look at that and say that man's loving the attention <laughs> <laughs> that man I can tell is not genuine um that man perhaps did not show his child love maybe yeah. it was contractual maybe their child was isolated and learned that you know you know these <laughs> warped thinking patterns but it's always it's not even always straightforward this with mental illness it like it, it could be anything, you know, there's not always like, oh, they had a bad childhood or mm -hmm. whatever. It's not clear cut like that. Um, but that's part of our job too, right? Figuring out what happened. That's the part that has been fun for me. But every, I don't know, this every time I hear something that, I hear something that doesn't, like with my description in itself, like, when it comes to mental illness, it comes from pain, it comes from time, da, 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 da. The part that really, really makes me feel uncomfortable is just the not knowing, you know, the fact that there may not be anything at all, how people can just engage and do certain behaviors. And then it's just like, why, why? Like this one video that she was showing her last week in this uh, narcissism like workshop, 
it was uh i forget who the woman was i know she killed her boyfriend right yeah it was like arias or something i didn't really know too much about the woman i just picked the video because yeah good good example of a narcissist (laughs) yeah and jody jody i think and the crazy thing was like i was watching the videos like you showed the first one i was like all right all right yeah i see it like she's just super cocky really put together and then you showed the other clip and I honestly did not realize it until like maybe three or five minutes later that this was the same fucking person. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck just changed or what the fuck just happened? Or how did I not just notice that? See, and- Matt, this stuff, that stuff, that's what you're talking about right now. That yeah. stuff doesn't surprise me anymore. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I've worked in too many places now. Have you ever seen the meme of Thomas the Tank Engine? And it's like, it's just a little picture of Thomas the Tank Engine. And he's like something. Thomas had seen everything. So now it was time for him to go. That's where I got with my career and community counseling. Yeah. I had seen it all. It good, good, you know, goodbye, everyone. Time for me to move on. Things do not surprise me anymore so that's where i think i'm at now (laughs) personal life and it's starting to develop more into my professional life too like i feel like i am more so like i appreciated you saying like oh yeah i think you're like like kinder to me i'm like no not anymore i think (laughs) that i've lived my life seeing the best in people and I think I was telling you this or one of my other therapist friends, like now I'm just seeing people as they are. I'm not trying to look at anything to dis- define people. I'm just taking you as you are. And that, I feel like that is much more of a genuine way to live because nothing people can do will surprise you. And if they do something that offends you, bothers you, it's like, oh, well, it just is what it is. Now I know what I need to do to make sure I keep myself good and keep myself away from you yeah it's genuine and it's safe and i think we've we we have talked about this before and um, not on the show not on the show not on the show obviously but um yeah it's it's not like sometimes i think it sounds mean but it's not that we're like being mean really (laughs) like i'm not like thinking that every person i meet has ill intentions Mm -hmm. i'm just not thinking about their intentions at all I'm just watching their behavior and their mannerisms and you know do what does what they say match up with their behavior and um their facial expressions their eyes um are they matching my facial expressions are they matching me when I smile what what's going on with theirs that's one way that you can tell when there's something um like a personality disorder or something like that um yeah how someone talks or how how they're they're able to uh like their affect you know their their uh facial expressions like paying attention to those things but um yeah i don't think i ever i, I was never I don't, I don't think i was ever raised with that no i was not ever raised with all oh, people are generally good i was raised with people are you you <laughs> you gen generally have to watch yeah that's how i was raised so for me i guess it was a balance of both but it wasn't necessarily raised within me it was just all the cartoons and disney movies i would watch (laughs) 
Oh, see, yeah, I watched cartoons, but I was also like, you know, the youngest person in the house by like a lot of years. So yeah. I was watching Seinfeld. I was watching um, Me too. Sopranos as Sopranos was coming out, Matt. So I was like, what, 10? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was watching, uh, I remember when I was like seven, um, my mom told my brother like, oh, that I needed to watch Saving Private Ryan. I was like seven or eight. I needed to watch Saving Private Ryan because I wasn't understanding what wars were like. I thought that World War II was similar to the Revolutionary War. And there were these lines of people taking turns shooting yeah. and all this and they're like no so you need to watch this movie so i <laughs> i didn't get the little kid version of the world um yeah it was definitely <laughs> a mixed bag for me because neighborhood i grew in wasn't the greatest but i feel like just being at home in that safe environment and just watching this stuff made me optimistic but then <laughs> now in hindsight i can see Matt, don't be so optimistic, man. These people are mean, and they're mean. Are mean, yeah. <laughs> they're mean for reasons that are what we can like observe and like conceptualize as therapists, and sometimes we can't. And that's one of the parts that I love about our field. Eventually, you have to just be able to go. You know what? I can't put my finger on it. I'm just gonna ride this out. Yep. Yeah, darkness. Really dark song dark song took us took us down a path of discussion here right now this was i feel like the path started when we when you started talking about lost boy and then i thought like oh yeah maybe this will get a little bit lighter but then i was like no the name of the song is darkness matt you got to go there and i want people to know you can agree or disagree but I do think about music this much every time <laughs> when I hear a new song or I'm listening to music. I mean, that's why I like the name of our podcast here, like Your Therapist Playlist. Like, this is the stuff that goes on in our heads when we hear music, when we hear a song that we connect with, like all this talking and discussion. This is what happens. This is real for us. She honestly shared tagged me in a meme earlier today that I was like I can't even and that's a great thing too I don't even take things personally I I saw this and I was like man I feel like I could be attacked by this but this is too true so she tagged me in this meme by Ada Manduli which I guess is a social worker and it says intense introspection and intellectualizing emotions can be a way of actually well can be a way of avoiding actually feeling them and i was like yeah that sounds like me from ages 10 up until 29 years old <laughs> i did really well with rationalizing my feelings and now thanks to my therapy practice a lot of work i feel like i do better with sitting with them now too and it feels good to sit with them even though it's still uncomfortable the reason why it feels good to sit with the emotions is because now you have an understanding about why these things affect you and what you can healthily do about them. You don't yes. want to go shooting up concerts or schools. No. You don't want to go having sex with your clients. You don't want to go about sex, well, physically assaulting a client. No, you want to go to the gym. <laughs> you want to listen to music. Hey. You want to play video games. You want to watch Dragon Ball Z. 
You want to listen to your favorite podcast, your therapist playlist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is available on all streaming platforms. We also have a Patreon that we're going to be getting off the ground because Anna says she wanted to do merch. And I was like, let's do some merch. I like merch. I feel like we could create really. Oh, now I'm just going to say that for off the air because I don't want people stealing our ideas. No, but I feel like you should let me draw something for our merch. I didn't know you drew. Oh, I doodle. I'm not, I didn't say it's nah, going to be good. Shouldn't know. I didn't. I don't, I'm not expecting it to. I remember <laughs> you doodling. I Hilarious. Remember, yeah. Hmm. More things to talk about. Off there. Yes. All right. So that is our first episode, our pilot episode. I can't promise you that we'll follow the structure. We may follow it. Just know that if you like this show, we're only going to get better. And if you didn't like this show, we're only going to get better. Yeah, that's true. Nice reframe. I was going to say something more rude and inappropriate, but I can't be confrontational on this show. I want you guys to listen. Yes. <laughs> and my mom's probably listening. Oh, swag. Yeah, shout out to everybody who like liked and shared the post online. I When I threw it up, I wasn't trying to like do it like that, but it was just cool to just notice like, yeah, we're looking forward to this. Awkward silence. Oh, I actually thought you froze. <laughs> <laughs> now I was just looking at your hat again. It's happy now. Did, uh, did it change? Or did you did you change it? I changed it. He's okay. happy. I wasn't sure. I was like, how the fuck did that change? Where did it <laughs> from? Turtle tea. I, w- I miss the days where when you ask that question, it would be like an actual store and not a website. No, it's a website. Turtle tea is a website. It is. And they have, I forget. Oh, it's called like Mood Octopus or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to check it out. All right, guys. That's it for our episode for today. We're going to be a bi weekly podcast. And I'm going to see if I can throw this up by Wednesday. Yeah. Thinking about whether or not. I'll be able to go on to this music app and make a like theme or a jingle or some stuff like that. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. But if we don't do it, then that just means that it'll come soon because again, our podcast is a work in progress. All right. Ready to close us out, Anna? Yeah. What are we doing to close us out? <laughs> I don't know. I was just gonna just say wing it and freestyle it. Okay. Um, Bye, everybody. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Um, Again, you can check us out on your favorite streaming platforms, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I don't know the rest of them. And yeah, look forward to having you guys listen to to us again on our second episode. Don't know what songs we're going to pick, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be good. They'll be super good. Yeah. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye.